I started last week. And uh, last week I, I, I began uh, a four-part series here. I want to teach you every week, and we're going to impart into you every single week. And these, I felt like the Lord began to stir me to begin to raise the bar in these meetings. Um, and to begin to treat you all the same way I treat when I go out and I speak to leaders, to begin to treat you all that exact same way and, and to raise the standards. So I'm going to be preaching probably series on various leadership issues to you. And we're going to keep that theme going because my goal is to see you all raised up to fulfill your, your call, to see us not. I don't want to have just nice uh, uh, syrupy devotionals. I'm not here just to provide warm fuzzies for your spiritual growth. I'm here to call you to a higher level for the glory of God. I'm here to call you to step into your destiny, your God-ordained destiny in the purposes of God. And that's what these leadership sessions are going to be about. And, and so last week we began out of uh, Ephesians. I, I, I read to you a verse of Scripture. Uh, it, it, someone wrote it down out of Ephesians. You want to read it to me? Someone uh, want to read it? Ephes Ephesians 2, verse... Read it. Someone read it to me. Yeah. Okay, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, it closes out there. I I want to I want to emphasize in these weeks four characteristics of apostolic people, four characteristics of apostolic people. And last week we talked about the first characteristic of an apostolic people. Remember, he says you're built on the foundation of the apostles. And prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And so uh, I, I want there to be an understanding that we are seeking to lay a foundation. All right? We're laying a foundation. I want to lay a foundation in your life. I want you to be a foundation layer in the lives of the people that you're raising up in ministry, the ones you're speaking into their life, that you are literally putting a foundation in their life. And, and that foundation, foundations, again, they control strength, they control stability, they control size, they control shape. All of those four characteristics are, are germane to foundations. And so God wants us to have a firm foundation. God wants us to have a foundation that endures. Uh, we've got a lot of shaking that goes on in the world. In fact, the Bible says that God will ultimately invite shaking. The writer of Hebrews says this, that he will shake everything that can be shaken so that only that which cannot be shaken will remain. What's the things that cannot be shaken? The things that are built on a God-ordained foundation will never be shaken. Okay? Everything else is going to shake and fall, crumble. But that that's built on a God-ordained foundation will endure. It will stand the test. And it's so important for us as leaders that we grasp this, that God has called us to lay these foundations in the lives of God's people. Characteristic number one that I talked about last week is that we be a people of faith. 
we be a people of faith. And I, I said this last week, I want to reiterate that, that there is only one uh, a means of exchange that heaven recognizes. All right? Uh, when I travel internationally, I take my American dollars are no longer good. Okay? I go, they're, they're very good when I'm in America, but they're not good in other nations uh, their currency is what's good. So I have, to, I have to change my currency for their currency. Well, heaven has a currency. And there is only one currency that heaven acknowledges, and that is the currency of faith. Okay? And so it doesn't honor sentimentality. It doesn't honor my tradition. It doesn't honor my own uh, uh, mama's way of being brought up. You know, uh, my mama may want that. But, that, but heaven doesn't honor that. Heaven honors faith. And if we're going to be anything, let's make sure that we are men and women of faith and that our life is grounded and centered in faith. What is faith? It is a sublime confidence that God is really who he says he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, that he will do everything he said he will do. He's true. He's not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent, that what he promises in his word he will bring to pass. That's what it means to be a man or woman of faith. Uh, we're not, when we gather on Sundays and we come into worship, we come in on the basis of faith. Uh, we don't come in on the basis of any kind of religious patterns. We come in on the basis of faith, an abandonment in faith that God, God, you are true. God, you are, are, are real. Let every man be a liar, but God is true. And what God says he'll do, he'll do. And he'll do it in your life. He'll do it in my life. He'll do it in our kids' lives. And we want to be those who build that foundation in, in the, the lives of the people that we have responsibility for. I, I want to raise up people who understand that God is really true to his word and that God can be trusted. You know, a lot of times people get all bent out of shape about things that happen in their life and they get all twisted around and they, they, they feel as if maybe God let them down. I was on the phone this past week with someone who felt like God let him down. But the fact of the matter is this, God never lets anybody down. God never lets any of us down. God may not do it the way we think. He may not even do it when we think, but if we trust him, if we're committed to him, and we know, Paul says, that all things work together for good that those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Why? Because God can be trusted. He's trustworthy. He's trustworthy. And so we want first to have a people that's built with a characteristic of faith. Uh, secondly, and this is where I want to go into today, uh, the second characteristic of an apostolic people. Now, again, we're building on an apostolic and prophetic foundation, all right? And so we want to build this characteristic. We build the characteristic of faith into their life. And that means this, you have to be a man or woman of faith before you can build it into somebody else's life. You can't give away what you don't possess, all right? You can only give away what you possess, Secondly, the second characteristic is that God has called us to build grace into people's lives, to build on the foundation of the grace of God. Now, now I, I, I will tell you this. You have to be on your guard constantly about legalism. Legal, what is legalism? Legalism is man's own effort to produce righteousness. 
It's what legalism is. It's man's effort to produce righteousness. Righteousness is right standing with God. And legalism is man's effort to try to produce something that God accepts. Now, what does the Bible say? That the, the very best we've got to offer is what? Filthy rags. Filthy rags. We have nothing that we can come to God with to gain God's approval, to gain God's acceptance. Don't even start down that road. But the tendency is to keep, keep being pulled back to that. You know what? Jesus referred to it when he was rebuking the Pharisees, and he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. The leaven of the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees were the religious leaders of that day, of Jesus' day, and yet they had a pattern that was inconsistent, incompatible with God's plan and God's ultimate purpose. What was their pattern? It was legalism. It was all performance-based. All performance-based. Now, here's the damage and the danger of legalism. You'll always see, and you can recognize legalism by two things, okay? There are two outstanding characteristics of legalism. And anytime you go into a church, anytime you go into a community of faith, and you see these characteristics, you'll know that legalism is at work. The first characteristic is condemnation. Condemnation. There is a strong degree of condemnation whenever legalism is present. Why? Because whenever you set up rule-keeping to become the standard by which you gain acceptance before God, always you're going to have people that fall short of the rules. You're going to always have people that don't feel like they're quite good enough or consistent enough to keep doing the rule deal. Okay? It may be in the way they dress. It may be in their, their, their pattern of behavior. It may be even in the foods they eat. I mean, legalism takes all kinds of forms. I, I've been in churches, and you go into churches, and, and you see everybody that looks like they've been stamped out of the same press, like cookie cutter. You ever been in those churches? And you think, oh, that's fruit of legalism. It's the fruit of legalism because it's built around performance. And so we have these external standards by which we determine what righteous, what is righteous. I, I, I remember I was raised in churches where you, women couldn't wear makeup. Amen. Ugly, ugly. Women couldn't wear makeup because it was the rules wouldn't let them wear makeup. I'm, I'm with the guy that said if the barn needs painting, paint it. But that because... There is no, there, let, let me tell you something. There is nothing that gains approval before God through legalism, through human effort. You can't get there that way, no matter how you do it. And like Andy Stanley wrote, if you try to be good, how good is good enough? Okay? How good do you have to get to gain acceptance with God? You can't start out going down that road. So condemnation is always an expression of the fruit of legalism, but there's a second expression. And it's always going to be one of two of these characteristics. You'll always see one or two. Uh, first is condemnation. The second is spiritual pride. Pride. Why would you see pride? Because you are good at keeping the rules. You see, you're, when you're good at keeping the rules, it results in pride. When you're bad at keeping the rules. It results in condemnation. I mean, you're in one ditch or the other. There is no way 
to gain acceptance before God when you build on legalism. Legalism is a dead-end street for you and for the people that you seek to raise up. So don't go down that road. What road do we go down? We go down the road of grace. You see, whereas legalism always produces either condemnation or pride, grace always produces humble gratitude for God's goodness. And listen, how many of you know if people are walking in humility and are grateful because of God's goodness towards them, they are going to be beautiful people, easy to get along with, because they know where they've come from. Okay? Hey, you want, to, you, you, you want some mean people? Get some legalistic people. And you, you get the legalistic rule keepers, and I will tell you they're the meanest people on the planet. You don't want to be anywhere near them. They're the ones that, that, that crucified Jesus. And they will crucify you too. I promise you they will. Take every opportunity to do what Jesus did with legalists. Take a whip to them and run them out of town. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Because it ultimately will destroy, it will destroy the life of God. Uh, when Jesus says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, he's talking about something. When he uses the term leaven, it's like yeast. You put a little yeast in the bread, and what happens? It works its way through the whole batch of dough. So the picture he's given is this, that if you let legalism stay even a little bit, you say, well, you know, sister so-and-so, she's just a legalistic fuddy-duddy, but you know what? She's been here a long time. I'll let it remain. Guess what? She'll impart some of that legalism to somebody else who will impart it to somebody else who will impart it before, it's, before you know it. You've got a whole crew of legalistic rule keepers that are arrogant, mean-spirited, ugly, can't be led. God doesn't call us to, to that. And so we have, to, we have to be ruthless with it. The Apostle Paul was ruthless with legalism. You want a, a good idea how ruthless he was? Read the book of Galatians. Who hath bewitched you, O foolish Galatians? Wasn't Christ crucified before you? Yet you've now abandoned the, the grace of God. You've abandoned the gospel for another that is not a gospel. What is he saying? Listen, if you let people build their confidence and their trust in legalism, you have set them up to be banished from the presence of God. This is why it's so dangerous. This is why it's so dangerous. It ultimately will separate men from God, and here's the deception. It will make them feel like they are accepted before God. Jesus said it this way. The, the time will come that they will kill you. Uh, the, in fact, he said, the time will come they'll throw you out of the synagogue. The time will come that they will kill you. And the reason they do that is because they don't know me, nor do they know the one who sent me. Who is doing that? Religious people. Religious people. What's happening right now with Islam is religion. You know, these, are, these, these fundamentalist Islamic leaders are rule-keeping Muslims, and they cut the heads off of people in the name of their religion. 
rule-keeping Christians are no different. They're no different. They'll cut your head off. And I will tell you, I, 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 Joel and I have talked a lot about this because it's, it's rampant. It's rampant in the Latino community. Rampant. We got to be ruthless, Joel. Ruthless to it. I know you're a grace man. Preach the grace of God. Preach it, preach it, preach it. Because ultimately, all this stuff, all this form, this external. I was meeting with someone uh, uh, just on Sunday, and we were talking about they came out of a, 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 a Latino church, and they believed in all the head coverings. And, I mean, they were all, it's all about rules, all about rules. And they would get angry when you would touch their rules. Yeah, that's the spirit of legalism. And so we can't let that, we don't build on that. We build on God's grace. Now, let me make this point because I think a lot of times I, I, I've heard people say it, even people who love the Lord will say this. Well, if you really let God's grace take root in people's heart, you won't be able to control their behavior. You won't be able to control their behavior. In other words, everybody, there, there are a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians that think that what people need is a little bit of legalism to control their behavior. Now, as a mama or a daddy, you raise your kids in the early stages with legalism. Paul's not addressing that. What is, listen, what does legalism, what was the purpose of legalism? To bring you to grace. Exactly. The purpose of legalism or the law is to teach you that you can't live by it. To teach you that you can't get good enough to get there. And so you bring, it, the Bible says it is the schoolmaster. It is the schoolmaster that brings you to Christ. Okay? So it is now. It is now that rule director that ultimately brings me to the point where I go, I can't keep the rules anymore. This is why Paul says in the, in the book of Romans, the things that I want to do are not the things that I do, and the things that I don't want to do are the things that I do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God that through Jesus Christ. You see, it's only in grace. It's only in grace. You see, I am convinced of this, that many Christians in our churches have never come to an encounter, a grace encounter. They've never experienced face-to-face -face the grace of God. So they're still trying, struggling to live according to the rules of, of religious dictates. And they live their life going, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. You're right, you're not good enough. The sooner you recognize that and abandon your own efforts to be good enough, the quicker you can embrace the grace of God and come to, to true liberty in Christ Jesus. You see, real liberty is only found in the grace of God. It's only found in God's grace. You, you'll never get to liberty through performance. Because as soon as you keep the rules, there, guess what? There's another rule behind that rule to keep. Yeah. And when you get that one right, there's another one behind that one to keep. And you, no matter how hard you